do I have juicy gossip. It's about Cousin Jimmy. Uh-oh. Did he find out our little bud slept with his bride on their wedding day? <laughs> he must have. I heard he's getting a divorce and he's coming to see Bud today. I think he's going to squish the little love critter. <laughs> Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. It is part two of Wedding Show. That's right. We came back just for this. My name is Al, and this is the Married with Children podcast. Remember our credo, Hooters, Hooters, yum, 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 Hooters, Hooters on a girl that's dumb. (laughs) I'm Jamie, and why aren't you looking at me? Don't you like me? Oh, oh, sorry. I was uh, focused on my intro. Never underestimate me. I can handle myself. I'm an athlete. I run a lot, you know, stay in shape. So after he hit me a couple times, I took off. He chased me, but I was too much man for him. Left him in the dust. Last time I saw him, he was puffing and pitting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Aaron. I'm the stud, the stallion, the king of the mall, y'all. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> hey, welcome back, Aaron. All right, man. Thanks for having me. I've, I've been looking forward to this. This is exciting for me. It's been a while. It's been, been a while. A while. <laughs> Since I've been on the Married with Children podcast. That's so weird. I listened to that song last night for like the first time in like 10 years. Wow. That's weird. Wow. That's weird. Probably because you're thinking about how long it's been since I've been on the podcast. That's exactly. as <laughs> a premonition of things to come. Yeah. Exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah, we're recording uh, Wedding Repercussions. This is, like I said, part two of the wedding show that was earlier this season. It's season seven, episode twenty-five. Original air date May sixteenth, nineteen ninety-three. Director Jerry Cohen, writer Arthur Silver. Special guest stars: Abraham Ben Ruby as Jimmy, Barbara Moore as Deanna. When Jimmy learns that his new bride slept with someone the day of their wedding, his temper explodes and guilty Bud runs for cover. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it says on IMDb? That is, I I read from, as much as I can, the box sets they used to sell from uh, Columbia or Sony box sets of Married Children, and they have descriptions in these little pamphlets. Doesn't really seem like his temper exploded. He seems like a, almost like a gentle giant. <laughs> that and too dumb to realize it was actually Yeah, wild. no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these are always wrong, whether it's IMDb or the just officially from the thing. It's like nobody can get this right. So. Yeah, more so them than IMDb, though. They have failed us. Right, they always fail. Always. You know, Peg, it's kind of nice sitting here like this with you. How many beers did you have tonight, Al? <laughs> Ten. <laughs> So I guess we're about a six-pack short of sex, huh? At least. 
So Al isn't drunk enough for sex just yet. (laughs) 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 That's funny. Like, for me, too much drunk, I cannot have sex. Exactly the problem. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) For Al, the you know ten twenty you know beers in whatever he's now he's ready to go. So I'm not worried if I'm too full of food. Like if I ate too much, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's never happened. Like <laughs> that just means I'm doing less work, right? Like because like if I if I'm so full, I'm like, look, you're doing all the heavy lifting, but like, yeah, I'm on the bottom tonight. <laughs> I ate too many whoppers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do I have juicy gossip? It's about Cousin Jimmy. Uh-oh. Did he find out our little bud slept with his bride on their wedding day? <laughs> he must have. I heard he's getting a divorce and he's coming to see Bud today. I think he's going to squish the little love critter. <laughs> Bud's, uh, his whole outfit in this episode in the very beginning, uh, with the red striped, horizontal striped shirt and then the red jeans... His shirt looked like, you know what it reminded me of? Remember that uh, fun stripe zebra gum? <laughs> oh, do I? <laughs> Maybe Bud's just like it and can only last like six seconds. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's the greatest for six seconds. Yeah. And then it's like, ugh. Yeah, I, I once took every piece out of that and ate an entire pack, and it was like all together it lasted like 30 seconds. So. <laughs> That's what I was going to say is you pretty much had to chew the whole pack at, the whole, at one time. Oh, yeah. I loved it. But I loved it anyway. I loved it. Every <laughs> once in a while, you see the semi-truck gone, and I'm like, wow, there's 10 minutes of, <laughs> of gum flavor. <laughs> the bubble tape gum, mm-hmm. I used to just take it out, the whole gum, and just bite it into it. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever Aaron tells stories like that, like, there's never, like, a doubt in my mind. Like, I always believe all these things absolutely happen, and I can picture them. <laughs> Yeah, this is not fabricated. He is always telling the truth. (laughs) Ah, well, here's the footstool of love now. (laughs) Family, this is my lucky day. I was at school, and there was one of the great parties in all of history. A wet t-shirt contest. Large hooted Midwestern farm girls were sliding down this beer chute half naked. There was dancing. There was loving. My first big frat party. Just a great bunch of guys having the time of their lives. And it took them a full 15 minutes to see me peeking in the window and kick me out. (laughs) Ah, Dad, you should have seen them. They were biggins. They were littleins. Roundins. Pear-shapedins. Here a nun, there a nun. Everywhere a nun-nun. Oh, sure. Like, I'm the only peeping Tom in this family. (laughs) But uh, if you guys recall, all the way back in season two, he was the Mask Lover's Lane peeper. Kelly was going to rat him out then. He had the ski mask and the flashlight and everything, and and she was going to rat him out unless he shut up about something. So, well, you know, of course, her escaping (laughs) to that concert. And then... In Peggy Had a Little Lamb in season four, he peeped Marcy. Mm. So mm. he is a peeping Tom, officially. <laughs> yes. What was it, George Bird watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, remember that? Well, I guess you deserve to know, tiny dancer. <laughs> Cousin Jimmy is on his way over to have a little chat with you. 
Well, 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 what do you think he wants? Your b-b-b-butt in a sling. <laughs> oh, my God. That must be Jimmy. You better run. <laughs> Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Cousin Bud. Hi, Cousin Kelly. Hi, Uncle Al. Aunt Peggy. Hello, Cousin Buck. <laughs> As soon as they introduced him, he's one of those dudes that's been on so many shows that you just recognize him. And a lot of them are the same type roles or whatever. But uh, as far as, like, adding him into the family, well, obviously that's new. But being who he is, I'm like, yeah, that fits. Like, he says hi to him, like they kind of know him, you know. The only thing I didn't really buy is, like, how he came to Bud for help automatically. Like, how ironic. Like, what are the odds, you know? I was just going to say, when Cousin Jimmy asks Bud, or tells Bud he's his best friend, that just threw me for a loop. Right. Like, we've never seen this guy before. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do know, though, that, like, with family and stuff like that, like, it's family. You know, you go long periods of time without seeing him or whatever, but it seems like he lives in a close proximity. But also, how did he know that she slept with someone in that neighborhood? I'm confused. I was confused. Right? They don't really explain that. Like, they could have, hey, it could have been, like, her panties even that were, you know, at the <laughs> at the top of the street or something. Like, anything. Mm-hmm. Anything to explain it. And I thought that was coming, or I thought that they were going to swing back around to that, but they never did. So I was like, how the hell does he know? Maybe he read her diary and she said, <laughs> there's no loving like there is on such and such lane. <laughs> yeah, on Jeopardy Lane. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have two notes about Jimmy. One one says, is that Kane from WWF? Because he looks like uh, like Glenn Jacobs or Isaac Ankum back like before he became Kane. And I was like, is that him? And Jacob, then uh, night. the other one is, is what is up with that haircut? Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That flat top haircut is just out of this world, man. And I guess it was a thing in the early 90s because – he had it on Parker Lewis Can't Lose. That's what he's like. I mean, that's why I think he's mostly famous for. He's, he was on ER, the program, and Open right. Range. He, you know, he's a recognizable dude. But if you go on, his name is Abraham Ben Ruby. If you go on IMDb now and look at his picture that's up there, he, you can't even, you almost can't recognize him. You can and you can't. You can with the, the grin and the jaw, I guess. Right. But without that hair... <laughs> he just looks like a totally different person and now he has all gray hair it's thinning on top and everything right. he looks like a normal guy now and it's he doesn't give that same um he just seems imposing and now he's because i was a kid when i saw him and he just seems so big like everything about him especially the hair and now he's just a normal guy so it's like weird to see that uh, it's too bad we only get together at weddings and funerals step outside bud <laughs> oh, all right, I'll handle this. Come on in, Jimmy. We heard the news. Congratulations. Hey, anybody can eat a hundred whoppers. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the breakup. Now, let's face it, you already had the honeymoon, and that's the best part of the marriage. If it goes any longer, they turn into this. <laughs> and if you're really unlucky, you get a couple of these. <laughs> Then you turn in the... <laughs> Al congratulates Jimmy on his divorce. 
Like, how perfect of it. Like, of all people on Earth, Al Bundy's congratulating you on getting divorced. Like, <laughs> like uh, it's something he would do, and he actually got the opportunity. So it's, like, amazing to watch. Boy, you must really want to kill that guy. Kill him? I want to rend him. I want to rip off his arms, shove one of them down his throat, and have him tear out his own heart. <laughs> anyway, Bud, I need to talk to you. Bud? <laughs> you crack me up. Now get outside. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be right with you. Oh, Dad, I don't want him to pull my arms off and rip off my heart. All I did was sleep with his wife. What does he want from me? Now, Bud, just relax. I know how to handle this. I met a lot of big, stupid bullies when I was growing up. Uh uh, Al. When you were growing up, you were the big stupid boy. Yeah, I was. I was good at it, too. But I wasn't just big and stupid. I was also mean. I used to scare people like your, your mother scares me. Dad, can you ox around later? I'm facing death over here. All right, all right. Now, here's what you do. As soon as he opens his mouth, you punch him right in the bread basket with everything you got. He'll drop faster in a stock after I buy it. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. All right, now go get him. All right, go get him. Do you guys remember what the episode where Peg gave the middle finger to the guy that cut Steve off in the car, and then he showed up at uh, Steve and Marcy's house, and then the advice mm -hmm. Al gave him is to just open the door and punch him right in the bread basket? <laughs> Steve does it, and it turns out the guy's a midget, so he punched him in his head. <laughs> <laughs> like Al always gives this kind of advice all the time. <laughs> yeah, and this time it was a giant. Well, the first time it was yeah, it's the opposite. Yeah, so if he went to punch him in the bread basket this time, he could end up punching him in the other a lot more that's in a tally whacker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's nothing else. Oh my god! Yeah, he said as soon as he opens his mouth. <laughs> as, a, as I say, I love how. Like when Bud attempts to punch him, it does nothing. And then he like just smacks Bud jokingly. And yeah. Like knocks him out. yeah. First he does nothing. He's like, oh, stop with this. And he smacks him and Bud's completely like off his feet. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, that was just a great visual. Him not even getting any, no effects of Bud's punches. So turns out Jimmy doesn't know it was Bud. Peg looks like there'll just be three of us for dinner. <laughs> Bud. <laughs> I got a dilemma. This thing's really eating me up. <laughs> I gotta kill the guy that did this to me. If only I knew who he was. So you don't know? All I know is that it's someone on this block. I need your help. Find him for me. It'll be just like when we were kids. Someone was mad at you and I'd beat him up. When he was unconscious, you'd come along and kick him. <laughs> we were a great team then. Can I count on you? She really didn't tell you anything? No. I mean, not even that this guy was the best she ever had? <laughs> that he was good? Or at least even better than a really tight pair of pants? <laughs> nah, she said it really wasn't worth mentioning. <laughs> that bitch! You're really mad, aren't you, bud? That touches me. You let me know when you find this guy. 
because I want him bad. Me too. And then at the end of this whole conversation they have about how he wants to find the guy, Jimmy crushes this mailbox. And then Bud wants to do the equivalent, so he he tears the letter that was in the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be me. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> Why did he wreck the mailbox though? Like that? Like he knew it was theirs. He knew Bud didn't have the strength to do anything about it. So he, like you know, like he just he just completely destroyed that thing. Yeah, it was a disregard. I mean, it, like. It's like, okay, I know you're angry, dude, but you can't come to my house and start destroying my things. Start breaking stuff, right? Uh, yeah. It, ogre. It, it's so interesting how his anger was, like, selective. Like, because like, right. most of the time you can't choose when you're, like, like when you're angry. And he's like, I'm going to save right now. Like, yeah, I want my whole thing to have a punch here, so I'm going to destroy your mailbox on the way out. <laughs> yeah, normally you're, like, enraged. You just start stomping and smashing and you know, put, pulling things over and knocking over bookshelves like Michael Myers in Halloween 2, Rob Zombie. Like, he was pissed, dude. <laughs> he was mad, yeah. Or like like Michael Myers in Halloween 5 after he cries. <laughs> yeah, when he knocked over the coffin. <laughs> He's like, this movie's so bad. <laughs> he cries tears of blood. Oh, no, wait, he got shot in both eyes. He doesn't even know it was me. And the greatest thing is, he's never going to find out. I mean, who's going to tell him? Not me. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> now, remember, bud, that's 100 strokes. <laughs> right, Kill. Eight. Nine. Sixteen. Forty-four. Ninety-nine. One hundred. Okay. You know, it's a good thing you didn't cheat Because I was counting along with you You're a good slave And a damn fine eunuch You're not going to tell Jimmy, right? Not as long as my little leprechaun Keeps granting my wishes Now, don't forget to Pick up my cleaning Hang up my pantyhose Oh, and uh, try not to get tangled up in them this time Hey, you do good work it's hard to believe you're straight. <laughs> if Bud is like, uh, he's a real sick perv if he's getting off on playing with uh, Kelly's pantyhose. Right. Number one, that's his sister. I understand guys are into those type of things that women wear and stuff, just even if they're straight or whatever, and they're not cross-dressers, I've heard of these things, but that's your sister, dude. There's a continuity nitpick here because... In season five, Al with Kelly, Kelly says she hasn't worn pantyhose since she was seven years old. <laughs> oh, wow. Now, did you find that factor? Is that from our street team? That is from the amazing Married with Children research team. Annabelle Whitford, the legendary <laughs> fan of Married with yes. Children, caught that one. Dude, she, her mind is fascinating. Like, literally. You know, things come to my mind. When I hear things, but I can't really place them so precisely. So, for example, the note I said earlier about how Bud was the mass lover, the peeper of the mass lover's lane, that came to mind. So it's good that I thought of that when when he we talked about him peeping in the college frat party. But I would never know exactly what episode that's from. So I shoot 
a message to the Married with Children research team. Dude, just like that. She says, oh, that's season two. She didn't have to look it up. Dude, nothing. <laughs> that's insane. That's awesome. The combination of all of us as working parts, it's like a well-oiled machine. <laughs> These are like rare machines. Like, who could tell you these things? That's crazy. Wow. Amazing how good. And and Luigi with his deep diving notes, I, I'm just blown away. So this show on a technical level has been better than ever. Hopefully it is in general too. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, they're great. Yeah, we might be getting worse. I don't know. But <laughs> the, the actual content's better. Right. But as to keep granting Kelly's wishes... So Bud has to stroke Kelly's hair a hundred times with a brush. Now, we've heard this with the uh, pirate show. Jefferson says, no split ends. The secret is a hundred strokes. So there's this whole uh. misconception on married children that if you brush your hair a hundred times a day or something, there's no split ends. Now, Aaron, having such an amazing... Wait, wait, wait. Like... Why didn't you go to me? <laughs> oh, uh, Dan... <laughs> No, go to Aaron. Yeah, because he's the guest. We really should. That's the reason. Yeah, okay. Aaron, now, uh, you have an f- amazing head of hair. Now, w- would do you brush your hair a hundred strokes a day? No. <laughs> like, um, as Dan knows, like, um, you really just, the best thing to do to your hair is do nothing. <laughs> um, now, I wash it and condition it maybe once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like, if I have problems with it, it's probably because I got like fiberglass dust and metal shavings and all this other crap from like working, <laughs> uh, in my hair sometimes. So sometimes it's just a rat's nest, but I, but I've always, uh, subscribed to the thing of like, when I was younger, I used to mess with it and like try to get it all nice. And, but then it just got to a point where I was like, ah, screw it. Like it's, Ten different lengths right now, probably too. <laughs> the metal nice. shavings cut some of the other lengths out. <laughs> Shaved off a couple inches. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, leave your hair alone. It'll look better. So Jimmy knows it was someone on that block. He says. How? Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, nobody really knows how. Let's take a guess, each of us. How would he know? Maybe he knows where she was all that time, like the the area that she was in. So it's a safe bet that she was stayed there. I don't know. He knew that she was at the Bundy house because all the girls were to get ready and get the dresses going with Kelly. Yeah. So it had to be someone there, but it can't be Bud because that's his best friend and yeah. his best cousin and his best man. <laughs> and Bud would never do that. Yeah, maybe one of the bridesmaids or something, or maybe even Kelly leaked it out that, like, hey, it's someone on this block. Or, like, he he confronted the bridesmaids and they were like, listen, we were at Kelly's all day. It couldn't have happened. You know, there's no way. So when he found out, he's like, well, it must have happened here then. So it's somebody on this block. And that's about it. You know, it could be as simple as that. Sometimes when you take, like, an old person past, like, Vietnam or something, they have a war flashback. Maybe she was having a... Uh, like a pleasure flashback or war because it's bud <laughs> could be son are we alone yeah dad good then you're the only one i have to get rid of <laughs> dad i need to talk to you why is it always me get a friend <laughs> dad 
cousin Jimmy's going crazy. And he says, if I don't find out who it is, he's just going to go up and down the block and beat everyone up. I put the whole block in danger. Am I doing the wrong thing by lying? Don't ever say that, son. The Bundy proud name was built on a philosophy of lying. Well, lying and owing money. Perhaps beer. Yes. Lying, owing money, and beer. Only thing that separates us from the Kennedys is they have the money. <laughs> now, that's great because, uh, as I stated on this show, I hate the Kennedys. They uh, And there's been a lot of jokes about the Kennedys for years on Married with Children, too. But Married with Children's really nonpartisan. You know, they poke fun at both members of political parties. And I love the dead Kennedys. And I don't, ah, no. I don't mean the band. I mean the Kennedys who are dead now, like, like <laughs> oh. Roberts. <laughs> Son, always remember the Bundy credo. Lie when your wife is waking. Lie when your belly's aching. Lie when you know she's faking. Lie, sell shoes, and lie. So that really is our family credo? No. No, actually, the family credo is Hooters, Hooters, yum, yum, yum. Hooters, Hooters on a girl that's dumb. But the father and me felt that you needed a wholesome message at this time. <laughs> so lie to anyone you want as long as nobody gets hurt. Well, Dad, I'm afraid somebody will get hurt. Well, then someone in the family doesn't get hurt. That's all. Well, Cousin Jimmy is family and I hurt him. Well, then the immediate family... See, this is why I don't like talking to you. <laughs> so do anything you want with anyone you want. Just as long as you don't wear a dress. <laughs> The Al only would take umbrage if Bud wore a dress like Donnelly's kid. Other than that, he doesn't care. <laughs> Why would he care, right? <laughs> Donnelly. Hey, Bundy. <laughs> I'm having steak tonight. What are you having? I, I love how Donnelly wasn't even brought up as a possible suspect in this whole debacle. <laughs> yeah. Like Donnelly's just out of it. Instead, they bring up that uh, McGinty guy again. Remember how they keep... Mm-hmm. They say McGinty. Remember how his name was originally the Ginty House? Yep. They said to steal the Christmas tree or something or, or go and steal Dr. Pepper or something like that, which I'm drinking right now, oddly enough. Your cousin Jimmy beat me up. <laughs> and he tore my little horsey. <laughs> he thinks I slept with his wife. Well, let him sleep with yours. That'll be the end of him. I mean, it's legit. Yeah. Completely. Oh, yeah. If I saw him, I'd be like, this is definitely the guy. Right. <laughs> hey, look, he's your relative. Do you know anything about it? Son, the Bundy credo. <laughs> hooters, hooters, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> hooters, hooters on a girl that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. See, the boy means that we don't know anything. <laughs> Who's the other credo, you idiot? Are you okay, Mr. Darcy? <laughs> Never underestimate me. I can handle myself. I'm an athlete. I run a lot, you know, to stay in shape. So after he hit me a couple times, I took off. <laughs> he chased me, but I was too much man for him. Left him in the dust. <laughs> the last time I saw him, he was puffing and panting. Yeah, 
you pay when you go up against Jefferson Darcy. Perfect. <laughs> the, the line about him, he's like, I'm an athlete. I run a lot, stay in shape. How like Jefferson in his mind feels like he got the upper hand on him. Right. That is so funny, dude. Like that stuff is, that stuff is the best to me. Like he's like, you pay when you go up against Jefferson Darcy. And it's like, I love it when people are in those situations where they either a got their ass kicked or be about to get the, like almost get their ass kicked and they're like yeah well you should have seen the other guy yeah, yeah like, right. or, or, or like do you remember on on the crew when you guys did uh i know what you did last summer and um david from roseanne yeah. was like yelling at ryan philippine um like like ryan felipe was like yeah you better run <laughs> oh yeah remember that yeah and he and he was already parked in his driveway yeah. <laughs> he can back ass. And he was halfway down the block. So there was no way he could have heard him and come back. <laughs> well, this just goes to show you Jefferson's thing right here is almost irritating. When you put it into real terms, people can always see themselves as they're right about anything. Like this just proves that in, you, you could turn any situation into how it, you were right or how it worked out for you when, no, that's not at all what's happening here. What are you talking about, you know? But in this, it's one of the greatest exchanges ever on the show because it's hilarious. Right. Well, yeah, uh, we were just watching uh, – we watched Midway last night and – I was saying when it was over, I love World War II. This is sounds weird, but I don't know of any other way to say it. World War II is my favorite war. Like I, <laughs> even more than Star Wars. I yeah. Wow. <laughs> and what that I said was, song? I was like, you know, it was a that was a truly righteous war. Meaning, like we that it was very clean cut, cut and dry. You know, bad good. You know, it was. Um, I don't think there there's any like wavering as far as you know whether or not the allies did the right thing but of course everyone always thinks their side is the right side otherwise right. they would be on that side you know right. so um so it was like even in a situation like that where we're going up against something like Nazis right. uh, the, um <laughs> yeah Somehow, the you know people on the Nazi side still think they're in the right. You know, oh, yeah. we're trying to purify the world here. What are you doing? Don't stop us. Yeah, exactly. So, any situation, depending on what what viewpoint you look at it from, uh, they there's always a justification. <laughs> always. Well, Christoph Waltz tried to hide it, but he couldn't get away that easily to go to Martha's Vineyard with a big uh, swastika on his. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Also, too, though, I, I do love this setup for for the Darcys. It's it's probably one of my favorites. And I'll say this, too. When he went outside with, with the big guy there, with his cousin, um, it automatically hit me that, okay, so this is probably one of those maybe five, ten episodes that I've seen the most. I've seen wow. this episode several times. And as I'm watching it and they introduce both of them – you know, the Jefferson thing is one thing, but then to bring Marcy into the equation, that whole setup was so perfect, too. I know we're going to get into that right now, but everything that they did and how they were integrated into this episode was absolutely perfect. Sometimes it feels out of place. Sometimes it feels a little disjointed, like, why are they putting them in here? And then you find the jokes that justify it. But this fit 
fit into the plot line so perfectly because like we said, Jefferson is who he is and they played with that and, and obviously all the jokes with Marcy, but I just thought it was perfect. But like, I felt like the, like it has such a good balance. Like, right. of, like Alex said earlier, like you're getting to see shades of the direction the show will head, but it still has the realism and kind of groundedness that you would see in the earlier seasons where it's like, this episode feels really balanced to me. Right. Like, a very enjoyable watch because, like, you can kind of see some realism in it. Like, yep. I mean, I don't think – realism in the sense, like, that, yeah, in theory, theory it could happen that a cousin could accidentally bang your uh, soon-to-be wife and all right. that stuff. But, right. like, it's so enjoyable. Like, the, the episode is extremely digestible. Like, I watched it, you know, back-to-back, -back, one to take notes and one for, just for enjoyment. And I was like, God – this is just a great, fun episode. Right. I I'm agree. so glad you brought that up. I was going to get into, what do you guys think about their approach to this two-parter? Now, there is no two-parter on Married with Children that take place episodes apart. Yeah, that was weird. Well, that's what I want to ask you. So, The Wedding Show was episode 13 of season 7, and this is 12 episodes later. This is episode 25. Wedding repercussions. Is that strange too? Do you think it takes away? Like Aaron did the perfect thing. He watched the wedding show and then wedding <laughs> repercussions and then came on here. Love it. Mm -hmm. Love it. What do you think? Like, And especially put it in real terms of like release dates. Right. Like we're talking months apart. I don't know what they were thinking there. I mean, mm -hmm. did like – do we know if they filmed them back to back, like, and had the intentions of releasing them that way? And then for some reason, when it hit networks, they were like, well, this episode could be funnier this way or something like that, and just kind of scattered them for different reasons. We, we brought that up before in terms of other episodes where they felt um, out of place. So that's definitely possible. I almost feel like it was the writers knew that it felt similar to it so they just tacked on part two because really how much do these episodes have to do with each other i mean quite a bit because <laughs> like, like alex i mean storyline wise quite a bit it's it's almost like it it'd almost be like watching a new hope and then going straight to jedi and being like wait what the like maybe <laughs> right Dad, what did i miss like because We'd be rolling right into, yeah, Bud, Bang, Joy, Lauren, Adams. like <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. I could tell you the, the taping date of both of them. So the original taping date of the first one is December 18th, 92, and the taping date of this one is April 23rd, 93. Right. Wow. I don't, am I the only one that doesn't think there's anything, that it's weird at all? I think it's just a, they had this happen in one episode, and then many episodes later, it's a, the repercussion, the repercussions of it. You know, I just think it's. Here's why it's weird because the general non-obsessed audience, who casually watches a TV show every Sunday, would they have? Do you think they could really recall enough that like what went on in in December or January, and then by the time they're watching this in May, and we're talking five months. Now I don't care. And obviously we're watching, we could watch, we do this, you know, we could do this real quick, you know, whatever, we jump around DVDs, whatever. But what do you think about with the live audience idea or the live, you know, uh, release dates? 
See, I, I, I'm with you because I 1,000% get what you're saying because it's almost like it's not weird if you watch TV shows the way you watch TV shows today to where you just go back through Netflix or Hulu or whatever and, like, you know, they release things in an order to where, like, you binge watch it all one weekend. So it's going to be very easy to recall, like, right. oh, yeah, that, like, Bud easy. did this with so-and-so because you watched it the night before. <laughs> right. But <laughs> yeah. if it was like, well, I watched this one in September and then this one in April, it's like, well, hold I on. Wouldn't, but, I wouldn't, yeah. dude. I wouldn't remember shit. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, oh, right. Okay, so yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember this guy. Maybe he's so recognizable that it would jog your memory, you know, and and that type of stuff. But yeah, no, it's not a huge deal. I'm just, it's, I'm curious because they don't do two parters that way. It's not a thing. So, uh, and I and I totally agree. That is not a thing to my knowledge. Now, Jamie, you said it didn't feel weird. To to anybody's knowledge here, has this ever been done on any show or anything? They pick up storylines. Uh, you know, it could be a few episodes later. They'll, they'll pick up those. So I'm not talking about that, but calling it a two-parter. Well, no, no one called this a two-parter, really. Right. It's not called part two, like everything else is. Okay, so I guess it doesn't count then. So, all right. So then by that ration, then you get you get storylines that get picked up later. That always happens then. So I don't think that's out of the norm at all. But if you're going to call you. it part two part two and then have it 10 episodes like what that doesn't make any sense it just but doesn't yeah. happen on this show is really my point really I guess. I, it happens all the time on shows i was watching i was watching even uh you know the new episodes of the clone wars and they'll just drop something for a few episodes bring back those characters three episodes later like oh okay of course you remember yeah right I'm sure there has to be an example that I'm – I just can't think of it right now. But there has to be an example of something being dropped and picked up later on this show too. Oh, yeah. Sideshow Bob's the best example. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's it. He frames Krusty and then how long until that um, Black Widower episode where he tries to kill oh, Selma? Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at you. I was Years later. Hoping, I was like always hoping Mr. Belding's brother would make a comeback. <laughs> Rod? <laughs> hey. Rod Belding? While everybody's here, real quick, uh, thoughts on the new Saved by the Bell reboot for the trailer? I'll put it like this. It looks really fun. I I don't want to pass judgment because one of the worst things I ever have said, and I admit this, that I was totally wrong, was when I first seen the trailer for Cobra Kai, I was like, give me a break. Dude, that's what I said. I just told somebody that last night. And and then I seen it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. So so I really think that – that there's potential for the say by the bell thing to be the same way. Yep. Dude, when I first saw Cobra Kai trailer, I literally rolled my eyes so hard I could see my brain. I was like, <laughs> you got to be. What is this? This is so dumb. Like this guy's still thinking about this or whatever, you know? Yeah, like, like assholes would be holding on to this 30 years later. <laughs> I thought it was the dumbest thing. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was one of those things where they got these two to make this like mock trailer. Right, because mm-hmm. at the time I wasn't savvy. I didn't. I wasn't. I, I didn't know this was really a show. So when I saw that trailer, I was like, "Oh, so stupid! Why, why would they even film this? It's like ridiculous." And then all of a sudden, it's like, "Oh, look! It came out." I was like, "Wait a minute! That thing was real." So then I just watched <laughs> the first two episodes, and I was blown away. So yeah, this could be great. I don't know. I have no idea. 
I think that these guys, whoever wrote this, took notes from Cobra Kai. It oh, doesn't. Totally. It and I know what you're saying about the trailer as well. That same exact thing with me in the trailer for Cobra Kai. But the the thing with this is. I don't think it's going to be as funny. I still think it's going to be funny, though. I still think it's going to be good, just not probably as good. But then again, I have no idea. And I have no real context. I don't know who wrote it. So, you know, I think that the the writers from it's either 30 Rock or Parks and Rec. So, you know that they got some good comedy writers on there. Hmm. So there's, there's potential for sure. But I feel like Cobra Kai it being what it was and it and people's reaction to it and how much YouTube blew up after that, I think that that's going to become a big influence on everything going forward for sure. Well, well, here's what's interesting is like on Saved by the Bell, it's completely believable because these this happens all the time that a jock from high school would come back and be the coach for right. something at a high school. Um, yep. <laughs> but, but on Cobra Kai, it was like, so 30, I'm supposed to believe that 34 years later, these <laughs> assholes are still holding on to this. But the writing is so good right. on Cobra Kai that I completely hook, line, and sinker. Once I watched it, I was like, this is so believable. I'm totally right. into that. Like, it, it is hard not to be. <laughs> yes, I agree. What made him think you were the guilty one? Well, I said he was looking on the block for a great looking guy women find irresistible. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I looked like you too. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> you slut. Tramp. Hussy. Libertine. I heard the whole story from that young man. How dare you do the good and plenty with another woman? <laughs> Now, I'm like, libertine? What the hell is that? Now, that's truly an SAT word. So, uh, a libertine <laughs> is a person who is morally or sexually unrestrained, especially a profligate rake. Wow, how did you remember that? Wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, because I read it once and it nothing ever goes away. If I see it one time, that's it. A prophylactic gate. Got it. A prophylactic. Yeah, rake. No, rake. <laughs> gate. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Steel trap, Dan. A prophylactic stake. Check. <laughs> so, yeah, that was so weird that she said that. So, the best line of the episode, although everything Jefferson already said was amazing, somehow he, like, he must be in good with the writers, man. Look, I'm innocent. Marcy, think rationally. If I wanted a young, pretty, sexy girl, I never would have married you. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. So brutal. So underhanded, too. Right? <laughs> Season 7 is their high point. I'm yep. saying that right now. I think we've all, Jamie, right? We've all loved Season 7, Marcy and Jefferson, more than anything. Oh, yeah. They're sometimes the best part of the episode. Yeah. This whole season has blown me away with how good it really is and how good they are in particular. And we will get into that in the wrap-up show. Uh, it is fascinating um, how this season thrives under further examination mm -hmm. when you just um, give it a broad stroke and just say, ah, that's the seventh season. It sucks. Um, it actually – that hurts your own experience with this season. And further examination helps it. So that's really an interesting dynamic. 
this show is like Tom Brady. Some just get in the pocket and can just kill it. You know, like once you're once they find their niche with this show, there's so many different ways that they can work with it. You know, at at one point, I actually even thought, <clears throat> and this is one of my favorite things to do with the show, that, hey, it might go in the direction of Bud's just going to be Kelly's slave, you know, and, and you could make jokes with that for the rest of the episode and play with that even more. Um, it didn't go that way, and that's fine because I love the way that it did go, but I just love the possibilities, like, you know, choose your own adventure at, at any point <laughs> along the way, you know? And that's what that's what makes the show fun, because those type of situations, it seems atypical for the show, but at the same time, I, I love it. Once you're, once you're in that zone, just, just work those jokes. Like, we know exactly where we're at, you know? Because mm-hmm. your mind can go there like possibilities and then instantly it's not going to happen so now you get another like you said pick your adventure now you get the real one and that's and and that's the thing where, where i love about where they, everybody quotes the whole like oh i like to watch mindless stuff to turn my brain off you know that's kind of what it is because you know it's not dumbing it down but you're very familiar with all these situations already. So to work off of that, it's not that much of a stretch. You can just kind of lay back and, and let it unfold and, and, you know, have faith in the, in the writers that it's going to be funny. And it is always, well, nine times out of 10. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we get the most random line in Married with Children history. Peggy comes in the house. <laughs> I just had a couch off with Marilyn Stravitz down the street. <laughs> she was telling everyone that she could outsit me on the couch. <laughs> but after about 20 hours, she started cramping and crying about wasting her life. <laughs> Punk. And Al's proud of her and, like, gives her a, a high five or something. And then we just go back to the episode. Like I said, nine times out of ten. <laughs> That was the that was the one. They were like, "Well, we got to have something for Peggy somewhere, <laughs> right?" Yeah, she's like, "Hey, she's like, what am I chopped liver?" They go, "Okay, we'll have a couch off that never really happened." They're like, "Oh, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna have a couch off." She's like, "Great, what do I got to do to get into character?" They're like, "Ah, you don't really have to do much research on that. We're just it's just gonna be a thing you say, right?" Yeah, and people get to picture you guys sitting on a couch, and um, you know, do we really have to show that? No, nope. well, I, I guess not. No, okay. I would love to meet Katie Segal and bring that up to her. And be like, man, that episode where you had the couch off, like she would not know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so funny. That would be so funny. Deep cuts. Peggy Jefferson cheated on me. Well, when you age and lose your beauty, men cheat. <laughs> it's not your looks that keeps me here, Peg. It's mine. <laughs> I don't think I can get anybody. <laughs> oh, I know I was asking for trouble when I married such a good-looking man. I mean, what do I have to keep a man like that? <laughs> this is where you, as my friend, are supposed to jump in and say that I'm pretty and sassy and spunky and, yes, sexy in that late 70s New York androgynous band way. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you at least say that I have a pleasing personality? You'd give that to any fat woman. You have a very nice personality, Marcy. 
how she just could not and the faces she made when marcy kept like trying to like bait her to say something nice about her but i know jefferson cheated on me with that girl it had to be him the only males around at the time were Jefferson Budd and old man McGinty. <laughs> the old man can barely walk or go to the bathroom by himself, but still, there's not a woman on the block who wouldn't take him over Bud. <laughs> hey, you want to keep it down over there? How far away do you think I am? <laughs> Peggy, what would you do if Al cheated on you? Oh, that would never happen. He's like a big old faithful hound dog. <laughs> Nobody wants him and he's not good for anything. <laughs> but I've had him since he was a puppy and he has his cute little ways. Al picks his ear, takes his findings, and jams it into his other ear. Like, why? Like, Did you say why? his findings? His findings. Yeah, yeah whatever was in there. <laughs> Dig him for gold. That's awesome. These are my ear findings. So look what I found. You know, you know, he's always proud to show somebody. And so he jams in. Is it now? Is he doing that so he could hear Peg and Marcy a little less? Like if he jams that right ear with wax or whatever, he can't hear them as well. <laughs> is that what's happening? <laughs> I I didn't think that, but it, that sounds that's pretty wow. Possibly accurate, right? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. There there was a very interesting thing that Al said though when uh, they were talking about you know, potentially cheating on your spouse when they thought Jefferson did it. And Al said, it's not your looks that keep me here, Peg. It's mine is why it's <laughs> right. I can't, it's why he I doesn't cheat. I but can't like, get anybody else. <laughs> yeah. But we all know Al's had the opportunity to, but like, right. deep down, well, and in the very nope. next episode, he's going to have a huge opportunity. Oh God. Mm-hmm. That's great. Deep down. He's, uh, he's pretty loyal. I, I and we've talked about this before, but I do feel like if that line is crossed, then then people would would like the character less because he could be the biggest scumbag ever. But as long as they're all kind of on that same level of scumbag and they're in it together, then it's okay. Because if you have cheating going on, I don't know. It just everybody becomes less likable. You know. Well, just remember what Chris Rock said: a man is only as faithful as his options. <laughs> <laughs> and give him the big pizza chicken. I mean, look, they no, tried which is crap uh, what you just said, Dan, is funny considering what I will have to say when we get to the end of the episode. Oh, Ooh, okay. Wow. Is it controversial? No, not. I mean, you have to see, Dan. You have to stick around to the end. Oh. <laughs> For once, I just might. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that. The whole ear situation, the whole fiasco, that turns Peg on, and she takes Al upstairs for sex, which is bizarre. I'll tell you this. You're not going to be getting into these pants ever again. (laughs) And I mean that literally. I'm telling you, I'm not going to let you wear these pants. (laughs) Well, obviously, you two people have a beautiful, healthy marriage. (laughs) But I can't be responsible for breaking it up. This man didn't cheat on you. I'm the stud, the stallion, the king of them all, y'all. I, Bud Bundy, am the irresistible one who broke up my cousin's marriage. (laughs) To save... Jefferson and Marcy's marriage. He really cares, which is uh, totally out of character, but 
It's fine. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> so Kelly threatens to tell Jimmy, but Bud says he's going to tell him himself, so he takes all her power away, and he is no longer a slave. Save your breath, Hungry Man Dinner. <laughs> Does anybody remember Hungry Man Dinners? Are they still a... Th- yeah, they still have them. Yeah. Oh, they do? Wow. I haven't eaten them since, like, the early 90s. <laughs> They used to advertise them as having like a pound and a half of food or something like that. And I was always like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But no matter what, though, it never, ever even came close to looking as good as it did on the cover. Like you would open that and like – and here's the thing. Now I got a question for you guys. Something like that is that – I guess it depends on which one it is. But microwave or the oven? Do you go for the oven or no? Oven if I can – yeah, I I I tr- I don't like using the microwave. Like I will not micro- I will not microwave pizza. No way. If if it's pizza, oh, I do. if I can't do it in the oven, I eat it cold. And if I can't do if if it's the kind of pizza, there are only certain kinds of pizza that I can eat cold. Right. Um. So a lot of times Brian ends up getting my leftovers because I just I won't touch them. I got I got the cooker. I probably should didn't surprise you guys, but um. <laughs> no. <laughs> If, Even if it had a Ninja Turtles face on it, it wouldn't surprise me either. You can also heat it faster. Now I use the air fryer to Damn right. to heat pizza, and it is that works way better and faster than the oven. So really, yeah, yeah. I gotta get an air fryer, dude. Air fryer is a game changer. Oh my god, it'll save me a fortune on oil. It's so <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like a religion. I swear, like if. It's changed the world of leftovers, especially hey. like like hey. French fries, like because you oh, know how like oh yeah oh you can never reheat those properly. Oh, in an air fryer you can, bro. Wow, yeah. maybe better before than before in some cases. Yep. yep, I I agree. Now I got a question for you guys: How often do you clean the air fryer after every time or nah? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, no man. It's like Al Bundy leaving the old ashes in the grill. Yeah, I like to get some of the flavor from the previous yeah. food. <laughs> I decided to tell Jimmy the truth and take what comes. Oh, good. Then I win twice. You were my slave, and now you're going to be dead. Yay, me. <laughs> but you know, this has been very educational for me. I always thought if you had sex, it would be the girl who died. <laughs> uh, I'll be right back, Peg. I must uh, speak to the boy about his sin. (laughs) But I must speak to you about the Bundy philosophy. You must always tell the truth. Dad, I thought you said the Bundy philosophy was to lie. It is, son. I'm lying to your mother right now. (laughs) I have to get ready to go bowling. So every time I point at you, say, yes, Dad. And so I feel that blah, 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 blah. Uh, Yes, Dad. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Yes, Dad. Dad, I think what I did was wrong. Blah, blah. Uh, Good point, Dad. Don't add lips, son. Uh, Yes, Dad. Like, can you imagine Al just wants him to keep saying yes, Dad, and then Bud tries to be fancy with it, and Al tells him to stop? Yeah. As he's saying blah, blah. Yeah. Like, it's just like, 
it's just like the weirdest humor to to care and tell him to stop ad living, but for some reason that's so funny to me. Alright. Dad, I, I really don't feel good about myself. Oh blah. <laughs> and then Al says, Oh blah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. What a disregard for his son's feelings. As if this all couldn't get better, then at the end when Al's about to leave, he says, Bloodios. (laughs) (laughs) He just had to get one more in there. (laughs) Oh, loved it. Dad, I will never take something again that's not mine. I swear this to you in the heavens above, I'll never do it again. Son, I see you're hurting. So I want to say this to you, and I want to say it sincerely. Blah, blah, (laughs) Blah, yos. (laughs) The blah, blah thing should come back, right? Oh, God. Do you remember Beavis and Butthead did it? Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) (laughs) That was the best. Oh, well, it does come back, at least in this episode, so that's cool. Yeah, and it came and it's great. It was just as great as the this whole first time. So, so somehow Peg was in the garage when Al goes to leave. There is no way on earth she could have gotten there. What is she, Jason from Part Eight? Yeah, I didn't get that either. I was like, where is she coming from? Like, did she climb out the window, scale down the house, go around the go around the front of the house, and, and come into the, the garage door? Unless theoretically. They had the close-up shot of Al and Bud towards the closet. Maybe she snuck past and went into the garage during that time. Ah. Wow, you made that work, I guess, but that is really... <laughs> it's a stretch. That's reaching, pull man. that one out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but then why would she do that? If she's going to catch right. him, why wouldn't right. she just come down the stairs and catch him? Yeah, putting a shirt on, right. She wanted to take him down a peg or two, get his hopes up, and then... Mm, there's only one peg. Uh, (laughs) no pun intended zing so Jimmy comes over Jimmy I'm glad you're here I have something to tell you god you're big (laughs) I know who slept with your fiance it was who cares the past is just a frown turned upside down (laughs) one must move on like, you're right, dude. How selective with this guy's emotions. I've never seen somebody more in control of their emotions than Jimmy. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> I mean, is there anybody that could dictate how they're going to feel like this guy does? <laughs> like, he should nope. be a counselor or something. Like, I yeah, don't think he has the brain capacity. He's, he's just, like, when he was angry, it was only because he was taught that he should be right. in this situation. <laughs> like, right. he, wasn't, he didn't actually feel it in his bones. He's like, I angry like <laughs> crush mailbox told yeah. to crush yeah so jimmy has this new amazingly hot chick deanna it's she's a hot blonde in a pink dress now there's something to say about this girl so her name is barbara moore a lot more <laughs> and uh <laughs> stupid yeah i had to do it <laughs> Is that your notes? Did you write that down? No, no, I just thought of it. I, see, I, I'm quick on my feet, man. Yeah. You are. Yeah. She's uh, real quick, famous for, uh, she's one of the hot uh, blondes in uh, Austin Powers' International uh, Man of Mystery. Oh, a fembot. A fembot, yeah. 
She was in <laughs> Tukin, Cyber Bandits, and Baywatch Nights. <laughs> of course she was in Baywatch Nights. Now, but that's not even the interesting part here. I sent you guys a picture in our group uh, chat things. Okay, so there's been an infamous picture on the internet for years claiming to be Christina Applegate naked. Now, you guys can go ahead and look at that picture. Oh, I already did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I already finished. The same. <laughs> yep. Actually, I got to go now for a few minutes. All right, yeah, head into the gross nudie bar bathroom. Go ahead. Did you guys not, <laughs> did you guys not hear me? I was, I'm out of breath. Like, <laughs> He's like, I saw it. This was apparently Barbara Moore with Christina's face on it. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, Christina never actually posed naked ever. Like an original deep fake. Right? Yeah. Like, why? Was it planned something that they did together? Like, I don't get it. I I don't know. I think that's probably just a coincidence, I would say. Uh, Because does that girl do a lot of nude modeling? I would assume so. I hope so. So, right? (laughs) So, yeah, no, it makes sense. I don't know. Now, do you guys think that was done because of Married with Children? Somebody's like, I'm going to put Kelly's face on it. I don't. I think it was a happy coincidence. Like, this was her first role, Married with Children. Ah. I don't know if it led to these other roles. Like, she was only hot for a minute, though. Like, I think she was hot for more than a minute, probably. Oh, well, in that term, yes. (laughs) For 20 years, 30 years, probably. But even though I just met her, I'm going to go out and get her an engagement ring. I don't know if I'm just in love with being in love or if it's just that I'm so stupid I refuse to learn from my own mistakes. Well, maybe you're just in love with being stupid. <laughs> Yet a third possibility. Jimmy um, is going out to get an engagement ring. I mean, this guy is a dope. I like that, too. Yeah. yeah. I just got through the worst divorce. He cheated on me, but I met the girl of my dreams three days ago, and we're about to get married. <laughs> right. Dude, I dated a girl in 1998-99, and I reconnected with her on Facebook like 10 years later or whatever. So she's there. She has like um, she has like these wedding pictures, blah, blah. I'd say like five, six months later, she makes posts about the guy like cheating on her or something. And then like their divorce or split up or whatever. I swear to God, about three months later... I, it had to be that I, or something crazy like that. She's posting pictures of an engagement ring. Oh, yeah. And then a marriage very soon and then instantly kids. And it's <laughs> no, she just basically kept on with the, the, the track of her life and just replaced the guy and kept going. She, she photoshopped the uh, the uh, the new <laughs> husband's face on like the Kelly one. Yeah, yeah, yeah like the <laughs> Kelly picture. My favorite Facebook profiles are the ones where the people are too lazy and they have two different sets of wedding photos with like two different husbands or two different wives. That they didn't delete it. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't delete it. So it's just like, <laughs> wow. I, no, I, I know some people though where it's so fun because literally they're dating someone 
new every month. And the ones and the ones that last two months, I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating. She gets a ring, and then same exact thing that you said. Then somebody cheats or whatever. Oh, he's a piece of whatever. Blah blah blah. And then you hear nothing for about a couple of weeks. Like, hey, girl, I'm single. Posts and those kind of things. And then boom, restart the whole thing. It's like the same thing over and over. It's like Happy Death Day, but with a different guy. <laughs> wow. Yep. Yeah, I, I love when they when they trash talk the other one right. <laughs> after they've broken up on their joint Facebook account. And the joint ones, the joint. Yes. Yeah, because a joint Facebook account that that says trust like nothing yeah. right before. <laughs> nothing right? screams insecure like a joint Facebook. Uh, yeah. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> There's no issues in this relationship. No. Listen, I gotta go. But I'm going to leave her here with you where she's safe. Because I can trust you. You're my best cousin. You're my best friend. And you're going to be my best man. That we've never seen before. Yeah, I hated that line. I hated... I understand. Listen, these things could have all happened off screen or whatever. Sure. But... Bud just doesn't come off as anyone's best friend to me. Right. Right. Sorry, he's a little shallow in a lot of ways, and he he's he's kind of like me in the sense where he's sort of antisocial. I don't think I'm anyone's best friend either, and I just don't think that's not true, Alex. That's not true. No, I don't think I, I really am not. I don't think anybody would ever say Alex is my best friend. No one. On- Alex is my best friend. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> no one on earth until just now has ever uttered those words, I'm sure. Alex Edwards is my best friend. <laughs> Twice in one day. Oh, my God. Look at this. I mean, let's let's remember – I'm stretching so much on this. I don't know why. But um, that this dude is extremely dumb. <laughs> just met a chick and he's already going to get an engagement ring. So in that simplicity kind of idea – Maybe Bud is his best friend because, like, he's just that. He's like, oh, yeah, you're here. You're my best friend. And it doesn't take much. Like, he'll marry you just because you're getting along for a week or whatever. I mean, just because Bud is his best friend doesn't have to mean that he's Bud's best friend. Exactly. Uh, That's true. Oh, I didn't think about that. Good call. It doesn't have to be a mutual thing, you know. (laughs) Yeah, like – some perverts, you know, like a girl's – like their girlfriend and the girl's never even met the person. So. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. <laughs> and I have people all the time – or like not all the time, like every day or anything. But I've had several people like, you're my best friend. And I'm like, really? Uh, really? <laughs> Sorry. And you're like, Janet, right? Um, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, man. Thank you. <laughs> So he picks up Bud and rocks him like a baby in his arms. Just the funniest scene. Just to, just to show you the, the difference in size of these guys. Right. So he leaves Bud with Deanna like he was planning. Um, Deanna's on the couch with Bud. Bud is looking away. He won't even make eye contact or contact with any part of her body, really. Because that's not a good thing. How come you aren't looking at me? Don't you like me? No, you're a girl. Yuck. I find your indifference intoxicating. Look at me. No. This is thrilling. She just 
is so used to guys being obsessed and staring at her that when it's not happening, it's bothersome. That's real life. <laughs> that is really accurate. It really is real life. Yes, and it's so annoying. Right? Well, it depends where it leads. It could, could be really cool, really, if you think, <laughs> you know, like in this situation. It's just not a good place to start, though, you know? Like, because girls always think that, too. And, you know, if it, it's, it's just one of those things where, <clears throat> like, I've been in the situation before, like, even back in high school, where, yeah, that exactly worked for me. And I'm like, how is this even a thing? I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, I would have never taken this approach because it's not who I am. But since I decided to give it a try and it's absolutely working, while it worked, it's really a sad thought and really disheartening because it's like, what? Like, I'm trying to get into the mentality of somebody that that would be on the other end of that. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, that is that is is sad, but but I'm rolling with it. Right. Well, yeah, of course. You know, she's completely turned on by Bud's lack of interest. And then she says, which I, these lines are terrible. Like, I don't know who would say this in real life. And she's like, take me, take me now. Like that always, I just like roll my eyes whenever I hear lines like that. (laughs) Right. It's just such bad writing. But I mean, how do you instantly get to that point though without? It's funny because Marcy said that earlier. Oh, wow. When Jefferson scooped her up. Or she jumped into Jefferson's arms and they were going, wait, right. was that this episode? <laughs> <Did> <laughs> was that this episode? That we're doing here? too many. In Jamie's defense, we've done a lot of episodes. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Maybe that was a different episode. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so Bud has a vision of Jimmy sitting on his shoulder. <laughs> you know, like the whole angel and devil thing that they did. Right. Or do. You're my best cousin. My best friend and my best man. So that's supposed to guilt Bud into uh, this. Now, before we get to the amazing line with Al, this whole thing with this on the shoulder thing, that's very reminiscent of Vinny Verducci when he was thinking about kissing Kelly in season five, episode 17, Oldies But Youngins. Mm -hmm. The quote there was, you've got worse beatings for less. (laughs) (laughs) Now Bud looks to his other shoulder, and it's the funniest visual ever because the way Al's sitting on him is just so strange, like the way his legs are and stuff, and he's holding this bowling ball (laughs) against his leg in one hand and stuff. It's just the funniest-looking Al you could ever put on someone's shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, I did Classic. everyone see that coming because I I was waiting for that and I thought that was perfect. Uh, I didn't see it coming, but it, that's why I think it worked the other way too cuz you know, I'm not as smart and I didn't see it coming and I was like, "Ah, yes, they brought it back." Well, as soon as they had he was in the bowling stuff, I was like, "Oh, that was like right. he's going to say blah blah blah," you know, so <laughs> Right. I thought at first he was going to do the Bundy uh, credo or whatever. Like, I thought he was going to do that. But uh, I thought he was going to do the Hooters one. But he ended up doing the blah, blah, which was a little more fitting. What really makes that joke pay off is when Bud says, Dad's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's he's right? 
<laughs> what was he right about? You got something there. Dad's right. If she'll flirt with me, she'll flirt with anyone. She'll just hurt Cousin Jimmy. I know what I have to do. You're not good enough for my cousin Jimmy. But you're just perfect for me. Stay right! But she's perfect for him. And Bud gets it on with... I mean, Bud just banged a chick who's a 10 or an 11 or a 13 like is anyone gonna let that sink in for a minute (laughs) i don't care how he got her but he got her like wow you can't say anything negative about him ever again He's had some conquests, that's for he sure. He has, dude, he has. And that's why it's so weird, like, the perception of Bud from episode to episode. Like, wait, did, didn't did we not just see him get a super hot chick? Like, I'm confused. Like, he's just a complete loser again to start the next episode. Wow. Maybe the family, maybe the family and some of the people surrounding him are clueless. And all the stuff that he says about himself being a stud is real because he gets some aces sometimes. Oh, my God. Maybe that's his thing. You know how some you, you, you act like an ass to get the girls. Maybe that's his thing. Like if I if I'm a complete loser, you know, he keeps playing that stick, but it's not a stick. Maybe maybe he's really a pimp. It's it's paying off. Whatever. Girls like rappers. We know that. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is true. But oh my god, um, yeah. I mean, what a conquest! Like. I, I just can't even wrap my head around it, so let's take a, a much-needed break so I can process this. <laughs> you need a breather after that one. Oh, God, and then we will uh, we'll wrap this up <laughs> the same way Bud shouldn't. Oh. Because I want to feel everything if I'm with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. No, ma'am, we'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. All right. Well, that that was a great much-needed break, and uh, I've come up with nothing, really, with this whole thing with this chick. But, uh, yeah, I'll never see Bud the same again. (laughs) So how many times are we running a brush or stroking Kelly's hair out of a hundred. <laughs> no, I was kidding. No, out of Gosh. five. <laughs> For this episode, Jamie. Uh, I really did. I really did like this episode. It had a lot of funny stuff. One thing, though, that irritates me is oh, what I said I was going to say about the end of the episode is that Bud's a bit of a scumbag. Oh. That- that kind of hurt me. I'm like, wow, dude. <laughs> right? Like, when now, when he 
when he had sex with Joey Lauren Adams, he didn't know who she was as far as that that was the person that was going to be marrying Jimmy. He didn't know. Yeah. Okay. Or at least not first. That's what I thought. So he didn't know. So, like, I didn't, you know, hold that against him because whatever. Coming off of this is the same guy and he is the reason that they're getting a divorce and then he meets this new chick and then maybe they've known each other for three minutes and he's already diving on it. And he does the whole thing where he's like, oh, well, you're just going to hurt him in the long run. You're not good enough for him. Well, dude, you're not good enough for him. Like, wouldn't you just, wouldn't you just tell him? Like, why would you? Yeah, don't try to pretend it's her. Like, no, it's you too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, like you're doing it. So you're not any better. Character um, development. <laughs> I, uh, I just, I don't know. That really, that really bothered me because there's typically a loyalty in the family, and it doesn't always extend outside the the main family. I and mean, that's because we don't frequently see outsiders. But in this case, like the dude was really good to him, and he's, you know, he really cares about Bud. That's obvious. So why would you do that to him? Like it makes no sense to me so i was really pissed off about that i was just like that is not okay and um so that is knocked it down to a four because I was- wow damn do you guys think if bud had like masturbated beforehand if he would have went through with banging the chick <laughs> nah once you get that out of your brain you you think more clear like he, yeah. like, he would have been a better person then yeah just don't get it in her hair <laughs> something about Mary but uh <laughs> yes I agree I mean maybe that's how you judge character then you know would right. you uh <laughs> are you the kind of guy that even if you didn't masturbate you could stay away from somebody like that <laughs> that's always the test that's the test right yeah I'm just saying Bud might Bud might have made a better decision and not done it then because like you right. you think irrationally I think. <laughs> right. Absolutely. When you did not masturbate. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, we all do. That's true for women too. Trust me. Like, it, but you still have to be responsible for the decisions you make. Uh. <laughs> Whether or not you want to, you are. <laughs> yeah. Listen, when it. Jamie uses her Mel Gibson shower head, she thinks a lot more clearly. <laughs> Is it a shower head that yells racial slurs at you? Like, I got a, you should just blow me and <laughs> smile. I got a credit card in the mail once, and I was literally about to go buy something stupid with it. And right. I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to go do my thing. And I did it, and I was like, I don't need this, and threw it away. <laughs> oh, wow. Great. Yeah, it does kind of work for everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think completely different after that. You're absolutely right. You've given me something to think about. There was this girl who I absolutely hated her personality, but she was a she was a booty call. Yeah, and it was it was a sure thing. <laughs> so one day I I go and I was like, this was like the year two thousand or two thousand one, and I'm like, huh, I could really go for some of that right now. So then I sat there and I just started thinking about her and and her talking to me, and I was like, Ugh. I went to the bathroom. Took care of business. I was like, eh, I don't need that anymore. Yep. And that was the end of it. And I just never called. I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm good. I'm all set. Yeah, it really does change your entire thinking. That Having that ick in your brain 
is really a bad thing. Alex, it's so funny you say that. I had a completely similar situation, although I went the other way. And it was one of those things of while I was in it and while I was doing it, I was regretting it. I was like, why am I doing this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like she's hot, but God, is she annoying. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's I like that Jamie brought this up. It does speak volumes there there are like loyalties and things like that and bud doing that this time is a lot different than when he did it the first time absolutely he is a scumbag i guess bud did two things in one moment that can make you think differently about him right he banged a 13 but he banged (laughs) his cousin's fiance (laughs) or future fiance i guess she was she didn't even get the ring yet so she's just a girlfriend right now and the right. bad thing is, is Bud validated it by thinking he was protecting his cousin by her not being with him. Another instance where you could make anything seem like it's the you're right about it. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, that's deep. That's too deep for this show. So we'll we'll just have to let the audience uh, let that swim around in your heads. No pun intended <laughs> for a, a little bit. And. Uh, <laughs> And that's it. So, okay, Jamie dropped a point for that one. Bud pissed her off so much by doing that that she gave it a four out of five. Dan, how many strokes are you giving Kelly's hair out of five for this episode? Uh, Definitely. um, Okay, so I definitely see what Jamie's saying, though. And I will will share that sentiment, but not as much as of a decline because I said that before too about, about Al and, and any member, you know, it's like if you start cheating, yeah, you start looking at these characters a little differently. I do think that what Bud did is a scumbag move because what they should have done to justify it is made that guy, that ogre, a jerk. They, they could have made him more of a villain. So then, Hey, whatever, like what that's the, there you go. That boom. But since he did it and this guy thinks he's his best friend, it's like, yeah, he's kind of a scumbag. But with that said, I wouldn't drop it a a whole point. It gets a half point. So I would rate this episode uh, a 4.5. I really liked it. Like I said, it's one of those episodes I've seen probably the most. So in my mind, it's it's a classic episode. And Mm -hmm. and seeing it all the way through, obviously for this show, kind of under a microscope, different different lens or whatever. um, I still feel the same way, probably even more because I thought. You know, the the Jefferson Marcy stuff was fire, was complete fire and kind of continues this whole thing where, yeah, like you said, they this is their best season for sure. Like, it's so great. I I just love it. I love every moment of it. Um, And yeah, so 4.5. I I really love this episode. Nice, dude. Aaron, how many strokes are you giving Kelly's hair out of five for this episode? Wedding repercussions. I'm right there with Dan at 4.5, and I, I have to I have to agree. Like the even though the Bundys aren't exactly my moral compass, um, <laughs> like, I, I in, in so many situations, and uh, thanks for this, Alex. Um, I compare my life or life situations to the Bundys and stuff like that, and it's interesting that Bud went that direction because that is a line you don't. You know, you know what I mean? So, like, that's a little bit uncomparable for me, at least. Um, But still, the episode was so fun. Like, I watched it twice and had plenty of laughs all the way through. Like I said, it blends kind of the 
I won't say newer, but the later seasons of Married with Children with like some of the dynamics I feel like of the first like couple ones and I don't know, yeah. just just a solid solid episode. Like it, like all of the best things minus Bud being a dirtbag too. It's <laughs> um, but like all the best things of the later seasons and the earlier seasons seems like it was rolled up into this episode. Wow. Nice. Great assessment. Yep. Yeah. I, I too, am going with a, a 4.5 um, for this one. Yeah. It was just great. And playing it as a two-parter, the question, does it work as a two-parter? And if you did watch these back-to-back, obviously somebody felt this needed to be made. Bud did what he did, and I guess somebody said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, like, there was a, what's the aftermath to this? You know, what is the repercussion, you know, right. to this whole situation? Like, wouldn't it be cool if the guy found out that Bud did this, or if we kind of danced around that and worked with it and made a whole episode out of it? And they came up with this 12 episodes later, and I got to say, I'm glad. It it kind of, it gives, it makes the wedding show that much better. Because now there's there's you know two parts to this and it it, it work they work so well together and uh, yeah it's curious as to why Jimmy found this out twelve weeks later um, how, how do you find something now I guess maybe they were married for for uh, three months and then um, in an argument she said oh yeah well I slept with uh, you know somebody on our wedding day and so I never on loved this you anyway. <laughs> Yeah, on this John Jeopardy Lane, nowhere near the Buddy House, though. <laughs> you know, it's it's all curious, but it doesn't matter. There's a comedy show and just whatever. So, yeah, again, love the Marcy and Jefferson stuff in Season 7, and this is a perfect example. Brilliant, brilliant idea. To, and, and, like, Jefferson being the kind of sort of weasel he is in a way. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> but still being cool, he's like that perfect blend of no matter what sissy things he says, like bragging about running away from a guy in a fight or or his hair getting whipped with wind and getting split ends and being airlifted to a Switzerland thing to soak his hair in conditioner. Like no matter what they really say that you should think less of him, I can't. <laughs> I just love him. And this is a prime example. And... Marcy and her and Peg and the whole thing where nobody says nothing nice about Marcy and then this like the whole dynamic and Al with the blah blah blahs and Kelly taking advantage of the information and making him a slave this guy asking Bud to look for the guy who did it is just great it's just like the whole all the dynamics and then Bud you think he's a good guy and he's gonna go tell the truth like wow Bud that's really an upstanding thing to do. And then you do the opposite. You do the lowest form of something you could do. <laughs> Good job, bud. Yeah. Like, it's just there's so many dynamics here that work and blend beautifully and culminate into one great episode. So, yeah, 4.5 out of 5. And believe it or not, guys, you know, a lot of people dreaded Season 7. Ugh. They were like, oh, man, when you get to this, oh, boy, wait till you do this. You're like, you know, I heard a lot of things, got a lot of messages about it. The anticipation of season seven and the revelations that came out of doing this whole season. Um, and we all took the journey together. It was just fascinating to see how good this really was. But um, it all ends next week as we review 
the proposition. Coco, a cosmetic <laughs> millionaires and former girlfriend of Al's, makes a truly indecent proposal by offering Peggy $500,000 for one night of passion with Al. Wow. <laughs> yeah, what a... And it's uh, there's a very cool special guest, Vanna White. On this show? Oh, awesome. Yeah, next week. So it's a big grand finale to season seven. One week we get Aaron, and then next week we get Vanna White. These are some great shows. Yeah. <laughs> Interchangeable. <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. Can you turn letters, Aaron, or <laughs> just heads? Just <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> we're... Yeah, we're at the end of Season 7 next week, so tune in for that monumental moment.